This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, nice going, Nassau County GOP. Way to lose it. Goodness, unbelievable. You guys, you guys. So uh Swazi wins, a Democrat wins, and the majority goes even down. A razor-thin majority goes lower, even even less, less people. It's crazy. And the Republicans of Nassau County, who the hell is this guy? I mean, you know what? That was a nice lady. We met her. Uh Maza Melissa Pillup, right? You know, she... <laughs> I I uh, had her on the show. I was nice. I could have pressed her because she obviously had some pretty major gaps in her uh, knowledge base. Uh, and then I start getting reports that she's a registered Democrat. And I think that's got to be fake news. And I ask her about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, uh, I'm a Democrat, but that doesn't matter. I'm like, what in the hell? What in the hell were you people thinking? You took a bad candidate, a winnable race. Boy, oh, boy, wouldn't it be great if George Santos were still in that job? It really would be. It really would be. And what's this guy's name? Joseph Cairo. He is the boss of the Nassau County Republicans, and he's criminally stupid. You guys, you guys, and and they all stood there. They all harumphed like crazy, doing everything they could to undermine and get rid of George Santos. I don't think they even wanted them to win. Who are these so-called Republicans working for? Mozzie Pillip. Philip Pillip wouldn't even take Donald Trump's endorsement. Donald Trump wouldn't endorse her. Why not? She's a Republican. She's a Democrat, for crying out loud. Just unbelievable. The de- the Republicans, you can have them. You, I am... I don't want to talk to any more congressmen. I don't want to, I don't want to meet them. I don't want to hear about what they intend to do and what they're going to do and all this stuff. They stink. Not every one of them. I got some good ones that I like, but my goodness gracious. How could they blow it? How did they do it? That race was winnable. You know what I'm doing? I'm kicking myself for not going out there and running for it myself. Maybe next time I'll do that. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. The system is so damn sick, and I don't need my ego fed by having my poster on on a bus or something like that. Or you know, most of these politicians, it's just a way for them to achieve a low grade level of fame and notoriety. I don't care about any of that stuff. I do care about getting things done, and apparently, Congress is not the place to go to do that. <laughs> Unbelievable, George Santos. Uh, when are we going to find out the full story? Why did they get? Why is it that Menendez is still in office with uh, gold bars under his pillow? Democrats stand behind him. Yeah, I know. A couple of Democrats said, "Okay, yeah, it's time to go," but he's still there, and nobody's expelling him from the Senate. Why is that? What the hell's going on? For real, what's going on? Cairo, Joseph Cairo, is that his name again? 
Yeah. Joseph Cairo. You are dumb. What is it about Nassau County? They have these these big county Republican chiefs. I remember growing up and there was a guy named Mondello. I'm like, who the hell does this guy think he is? And they, he acted like he was more important than anybody else, that more important than Democrat, democratically elected members of Congress. It was this guy, Mondello, a boss. It's not the, this is not the country of political bosses. Boss. You're not my boss. You don't deserve to have anybody working for you, boss. You blew it. You absolutely, let me see here. The Renaissance began around the time Mr. Carr is 78 years old. What is this, a hobby? For much of the 20th century, the Nassau Republicans were thought of as a suburban counterpart to the Daily Machine in Chicago and earlier, New York City's Tammany Hall. Yeah, looks that way. They dominated elections and controlled the spoils, doling out patronage jobs and lucrative government contracts. Isn't that nice? By the time of the millennium, year 2000, the model was sputtering, weighed down by corruption scandals, demographic shifts, and a financial mess in the country, a backlash that helped put Mr. Swazi in the county executive office. But in the last, I'm reading from the Times here, an analysis before the election. But in the, how many points did she lose by, by the way? It's pretty decisive. In the last few years, the Republicans in Nassau County have deftly positioned themselves to capitalize on their own backlash. At a time when the National Party was moving right, they largely eschewed divisive social issues to reorient around intensely local policies that jump party lines, property taxes, inflation, and above all fears about a pandemic-era spike in crime. Honestly, middle-class people are kind of fed up. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Who's this guy, work for himself? New York City, a laboratory for aggressive policy, has served as a convenient foil. Yeah, but you lost an election. You lost. You lost. You lost this one. As chairman, Mr. Cairo has a say in hundreds of political appointments across local government offices, better known as patronage posts. By his own estimate, roughly 70% of the appointees are active in party politics. All right. You see how that, doesn't that just stink? To get a government job, you got to, kiss Mr. Cairo's ass. They are taught they got their job because they are going to be loyal when the organization needs them. When is election time, said Jay Jacobs, the Democrat chairman in the Nassau County, in Nassau County. I won't say we will do the same thing. Yeah, you all stink. But it's not with the same hammer. Mr. Cairo has reaped personal benefit. In addition to his $150,000 a year uh, salary as party chairman, he earns another $200,000 or so as president of the Nassau County Officials Off-Track Betting Agency and maintains a private legal practice. How how nasty does this all sound, right? He had to forfeit his own law license in the 1990s after he admitted to misusing $400,000 in client funds. Hey, what a guy. Let's make him uh let's make him responsible of anything. He ripped off $400,000 from his clients? Even adversaries say they have found no reason for suspect improper behavior since he became chairman. Well, I have a reason for suspect improper behavior. What he did in the 1990s, taking $400,000 from clients. Now Mr. Cairo may be facing the most closely scrutinized test of his political career. Yeah, he blew it. He lost. Mozzie Pillip, nice lady. 
She's a Democrat. How in the hell did this happen? He turned to Miss Pillup in part because her life story seemed to perfectly match the political moment, despite the fact that she was a registered Democrat. We don't give a good God D.A. about stories anymore. All right. After Barack Obama and his father's from wherever and he grew up and the silly books about his you know, self-involved. We don't care. I don't care that he sat by the East River wondering about socialism. We want people who know things, who can get things done for us. Pillip, she kept telling me that she was in the Israeli Defense Forces. That was admirable. I don't, if I run for office, the last thing I'm ever going to tell you about is my time in the Marine Corps. All right? I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff. It's, it, it just, it, it, it is irrelevant. And every time, every time, and, and in Ethiopia, what does Ethiopia have to do with anything? Hi, what are you going to do to the people? Well, let me tell you about this village I grew up in in Ethiopia. What? You know, I'm sick of the uh, hearing these stories about the American dream. Like, we know that. This is America. It can happen. My father was a plumber. My mother was a housewife. You know, so? So was my neighbor. What can you do for the people? And can you win a registered Democrat? My ass. Her lack of political experience has shown, uh-huh, right here on this show. I'm like, oh, my God. I couldn't, I wouldn't, because I wanted her to win, by the way. I can't endorse anybody, but I wanted her to win, so I was going to try to trip her up. So I figured that this Democrat thing would be totally easier, easy for her to handle. It wasn't. She began her second round, uh, her second term on the part-time Nassau County Legislature, where much of her work involved nonpartisan local issues. The candidate has rarely appeared without an escort committee of party regulars, like Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman or Congressman D. Esposito, who run interference when potentially damaging questions about former President Donald Trump or thorny policy issues arise. If you can't handle that stuff on your own, you shouldn't be in the game. Until the last few days of the campaign, she had held just two news conferences and agreed to only one debate that she lost in spectacular fashion to Mr. Swazi, who has been comparatively ubiquitous across the district. My opponent is unvetted, unprepared, he said on the debate stage. We've been down this road before with George Santos. And leave George alone. Leave George alone. You know what George Santos did? He won. Ms. Pillip and Republican leaders appear willing to take the lumps, hoping that in a remarkably close low turnout election, the party that does a better job turning out its most reliable voters will be rewarded. Hey, all those people with the county jobs, they didn't come through for you. Hey, uh, Mr. Cairo, Mr. Cairo, who makes $150,000 leading the party, who makes another $200,000 with the off-track betting, who has his own law firm, who helps himself to the money of clients from time to time, apparently. $400,000 from clients. Midway through the conversation, an aide approached with an old-fashioned silver attendance clicker. Mr. Cairo squinted and read the total. All locations today, 1,374, he said, adding a prediction. Next week, he said the number would be higher. Wrong! I can't believe it. Anyway, politics will break your heart. That's what... Mitt Romney's dad said, actually, <laughs> he was right. He was right. Can you believe it? Well, anyway, look, it could be worse. Tom Swazi is an all right guy. 
but he's a Democrat in the in a year like this, and he needed to lose. But he won. Cut four. This race was centered on immigration and the economy, much like the issues all across our country. We won this race. We, you, won this race. Nah, you know what? Stop. Uh, Pillup lost it, and so did her benefactor, Cairo. Mr. Cairo. I want him gone. I want his resignation from the Republican Party uh, chairmanship. I demand it, actually. You and all your cronies. Anybody who's going around boasting about how many cronies he got elected, huh? How many how many cronies he got jobs for? What a blast from the past. There's a reason why we reform things. Here's Mozzie Pillup in defeat. Cut three. We are the fighters. Yes, we lost, but it doesn't mean we're going to end here. I did. I did call my opponent. I congratulated him. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno, he's your numero uno. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Gracious and uh, whatever. She never should have been in this role. Once again, uh, Joseph Cairo, you must resign right away and apologize to George Santos. You guys could have stuck by him. You ran scared. You're intimidated by the fake news. And all you care about is getting your people hooked up. And apparently... Making a lot of money for yourself. What all these little weird income streams? And what the hell did happen back in the nineteen nineties? Cairo and all your cronies, your losers. Goodbye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, more information about the scope of the spying that was done on President Trump when he was running for president in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. Now we've known for years. First, we heard it from Donald Trump. Everybody said he was crazy that the Obama administration spied on my campaign. Remember that Obama spied on my campaign? Everybody thought he was nuts, but he was right. These uh, warrantless uh, wiretaps 
And, uh, well, there were two kinds of uh, wiretaps, some warrantless, some with the warrant. They lied on the warrant to monitor people like Carter Page, who had done nothing wrong. Carter Page was associated with the campaign. You monitor him, so therefore you can monitor other people in the campaign. But it wasn't just Carter Page or um, Paul Manafort. There were 26 people that the intelligence community reportedly was monitoring associated with Trump. And what else? The our guys, the Central Intelligence Agency, enlisted intelligence agencies from places like Australia, New Zealand, uh, England to spy on our people, to spy on our guys. That's how much they feared Trump. And none of this stuff, none of this stuff is in the Constitution. You know, the men and women of the intelligence agency, you can have them. The, the, the intelligence community is not mentioned in the Constitution. This thing is totally and completely out of control. Now, I'm still coming to terms with this. This is uh, Matt Taibbi. Uh, he's got his own little independent substack, and he's got a pretty big podcast. He's he's a little bit eccentric, but he's also very, very good. Matt Taibbi. You remember, may remember his dad, Mike Taibbi. He was a local reporter for a long time and then a network reporter. Uh, great storyteller, Mike Taibbi. Matt Taibbi is pretty good. I have a sense, though, like a lot of other libertarians, he does a little bit too much weed, and that's why some of his stories are a little bit uh, all over the place. And I don't know. When they had the Twitter files, they had like such great information about how big tech was in cahoots with the FBI. But they we- went down all these tangents and, and weird rabbit holes, and like they had the goods. But when, you, when you're getting baked, um, when you're getting high – I think it clouds your judgment. Hey, and by the way, it's not like it's not the character assassination. These guys, if you point out that somebody you may think is is on weed, everybody's doing it, including construction workers, especially construction workers. What is it with you guys? You know, the hard hats, the hard hats from the outer boroughs, right? What the hell are you doing messing with the weed? I, 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 I smell it, especially around construction sites. I've seen construction guys do it. You know, these buildings are going to start becoming crooked and stuff like that. They're going to fall down with you guys uh, smoking weed. Stop doing that. Um, I'm going to come back to the Mozzie Pillup thing later. Uh, we're starting a petition to get rid of Joseph Cairo, the head of the Nassau County GOP. I mean, if you're that bad at politics, you must resign. You took one look at this Mozzie Pillup and you said, yeah, we'll run her. You lose a year like this to a Democrat? Are you kidding? And what about all that stuff you did to George Santos? So the Robert Hur report is getting better and better and better. This thing, ah, oh, this man, he knows Joe Biden is lying. He wants us to know that he knows that Joe Biden is lying. And Joe is not smart. At one point, they say um, they find out that Joe shared classified information with that biographer. So they're questioning him about this. And it's like, you know, you you shared this classified information. They said, well, class, uh, well, I, I didn't think of it as classified information. I know it said classified information, and I know I said classified information, but it wasn't classified information. I considered it personal and private. I think what, by the, what they meant by classified was personal and private. Yeah, but it says right there, confidential classified information. Yeah, I, I know, but I, I just meant that – to me, that meant private. I mean, this is right up there with Bill Clinton. What it is is – remember that? Is there a sexual relationship? Well, there wasn't. Did you notice I spoke in the present tense? So therefore, I was not lying. Oh, slick Willie. But Joe ain't so slick. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Yes. Yes, it is, isn't it? What the hell's this? Oh, that's nice. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. The Four Seasons or Frankie Valley, but that's when they let the deputy guy sing. He was a drummer, and they let him sing on that song. He was great, great. What a what a what a song of great joy. Um, the uh, Robert Hur report is not done. Not by a long shot is this thing done. And I don't care if everyone stopped doing it. Lester Holt pretends it doesn't exist. What happened last Thursday with the publication of this thing? and the catastrophic meltdown of Joe Biden before our eyes, they have come up with a new strategy. Are you ready for this? This is straight from the White House. I'm not kidding. This is their, they believe that they have successfully turned the page on this devastating report. Joe Biden stealing all of those documents ever since the moment he got to the United States Senate, he started taking crap home with him. Not so he could be an expert on uh, national security or anything like that, but so that he could bolster his own image. It was all about image making. It was all about uh, profit, all about writing a book someday so he could get more power, more money. And this guy, Robert Hur, knows that Joe is a degenerate. It's through and through. You got to read between the lines. Yes, but I'm not imagining it. And it is something, something to uh, behold here. Uh, the Clinton-esque deception, deception, but Joe Biden isn't slick Willie. He's just not that sharp. Now, every time I try to look at this report, <laughs> sometimes they take it offline. They, oh, but here's what they want to do. They think this is behind them, and to some degree they're right. I mean, is Lester Holt doing the news shows on that anymore? No. All, all across the dial, uh, it was basically over by Sunday. The Super Bowl helped. So everybody moves on. Yet this document shows that Joe Biden is actually guilty of all the stuff they accuse President Trump of. And they're, oh, so what's the strategy? After that horrible press conference, Joe is not going to take one more question for the rest of his presidency because they know how badly that goes. And um, he's only going to come out and do what he did yesterday call Trump a monster and then retreat. He's he's going to get us all killed because of NATO, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, Trump said something outrageous. We've seen this playbook before. Trump says something outrageous. Everybody gets all worked up. It actually turns out to be not so outrageous. Actually, makes a lot of sense. And the fake news spends a lot of time condemning him. And then they try to get Republicans to distance themselves or condemn, and they get played. And then Trump says something else that they think or they pretend is the worst thing that ever happened. And they keep playing that game, playing that game. So Joe Biden is going to go to ice cream parlors. And that's the only time he'll take a question or two. Apart from that, you won't be hearing from this guy. It's amazing where we came. You know, there was once a book written about the presidency. It's called What It Takes. It was written by a guy named Richard Ben Kramer. Came out, I believe, in the early 90s. It was about the 1988 presidential campaign. And there's this whole big thing about all the guys who ran for president and you know, what ability they must have and how they succeeded at everything they ever tried in life and ambition combined with ability and like superhuman strength and endurance. That's the only way you can get through a presidential campaign. I mean, you've got to be special. You've got to be specially equipped. That was in 1988. Now, a guy like Joe Biden, literally, they think he can get they can get him through this campaign 
by having him hanging hanging around ice cream parlors and not taking questions. Talk about a country that's uh, really gone to sleep, almost ruined. Maria, hello, welcome back. Hi, Greg. Thank you for taking my call. First of all, happy Valentine's Day and a blessed Ash Wednesday. I forgot about Valentine's Day. Can't stand that day. I mean, really, what the hell is the point, right? Uh, Everybody brought in a bunch of cakes. That's nice, but I overdid it. I gorged myself on brownies and cupcakes and heart-shaped stuff, and they had the pink and red M&Ms, and I really don't feel good. So that's what I have to say about Valentine's Day. Uh, What else? Okay, I just want to make a brief comment on the Santos situation. First of all, I agree 1,000% with you. I know that you always felt he should have never been kicked out of Congress. So big deal. I agree also with you. So big deal. He embellished a little bit about his past, about his experience, his education. What politician doesn't? Remember Swalwell and Fang Fang? Nothing ever happened to him. Remember the late Dianne Feinstein of California and the chauffeur that she had for 20 years, who many thought was also a Chinese spy? Nothing ever happened to her. I live in New Jersey, where one of the most corrupt politicians still remains in the United States Senate. That is Bob Menendez. Nothing is going to happen to him, Greg. If the GOP continues down this path, come November, they're going to lose the House. They'll never take back the Senate. And God forbid the worst scenario, that corrupt imbecile called Joe Biden is going to remain at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue until gulp. January 2029. That's the way I feel. Oh, man, January 2029. That seems like such a long way away. You're right. Yeah, you could be. Hey, I'm going to say one little thing, though, about Menendez. I uh, I think he's probably, you know, probably dirty. But then again, he has not been convicted. And I'm not putting anything past this Justice Department. So they don't like him, you know, because he opposed Obama in a lot of key foreign policy matters the iran nuclear deal he knew it was a bad deal he wouldn't sign on uh there was some ambassador that they really wanted and uh he thought the ambassador wasn't pro-israel enough menendez so he he objected there are a lot of little things like that and it would not surprise me whatsoever if they unleashed the justice department on him and uh he may not be treating getting treated fairly he may be innocent all right i mean yeah, I, I I dump on him, but uh, something about that case. And I see his daughter on TV almost every day, Alicia Menendez. Very beautiful, very smart. And there's something about this case that makes me upset. And I don't trust the Justice Department. Very few trustworthy. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Or as Donald Trump says, the Department of Injustice. All right. Thank you, Maria, very much. The Department of Injustice. What else has he said lately? I feel like we haven't heard as much from him as usual. Oh, boy. This stuff I found out about Nikki Haley's husband. And I don't tweet like I used to. You know, I actually signed over my account to some branding firm in Nebraska. Yeah. And uh, I, I got to follow this whole process to tweet anything. I can't stand it. I got uh, It's basically going to be that way for a while. But Nikki Haley's husband is over there in the Horn of Africa, right? Pretending he's some sort of a soldier. And he's tweeting about politics. 
Now, when you are deployed, if you're really in the military, you're technically on duty 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And this guy, Michael Haley, is tweeting all kinds of stuff about Trump, about his wife. You know, that is totally, totally, totally against regulations. You're not allowed to engage in partisan um, political conduct when you're on duty, when you're working for the military. So it's another indicator that Nikki and her husband, the whole damn thing is a is a sham. And, hey, the primary is next week. Is that right? Is it next week's uh, uh, South Carolina? Uh, or is it the week after? It's got to be the week after, right? I don't know. It's coming up. It's in February. So remember that. They're not playing by the rules. I think something bad's going to happen um, to Nikki. I think she's going to be humiliated in South Carolina She'll have to get out. I hope she gets out before she wakes up from all this stuff. Um, do we care about who was having a fight on CNN? No, no, we don't. Hello, Ron. Hey, how are you? How's everything going now? Fine. Um, well, I'm listening to all of it, so I know how things are going. But what I really cannot believe is to see how we got rid of Santos when we had a vote there. And on top of that, um, we lose now the seat. A lot of us in Nassau County, we just didn't realize that we couldn't vote. We thought we were all going to be voting. Uh, and I guess the lines out there drawn, many of us that wanted to vote could not because they were, uh, I guess he's not, uh, it wasn't in our district. Yeah, well, wait a second. I mean, uh, that's kind of on you, pal. I mean, you got to figure out who your congressman is. I know how that district is roughly drawn. It's like a... Uh, it's basically the north and eastern part of the district, and you definitely are not in that district in Freeport. You're down there by the water, right? Yeah. And you're oh, pretty. Well, and you're pretty close to. Uh, you're on the western side of Nassau County, so yeah, you can't vote. I mean, all right. I mean, yeah, you got it. You better know your district, pal. No, it's not that. I, I, that's only one thing. The the other thing was the fact that as we are always. Seem like we're holier than thou about our our own constituents in the GOP and always nitpicking and they're not good enough. Let's you know throw it Santos out. And meanwhile, the other side doesn't play by the rules and they're just stepping all over us. I mean, they're just stepping all over us, and that's scary to me because you know the old Adam that if you play with someone that doesn't play by the rules. The best thing is not to play, but you can't win if you don't play. No, that's not. Look, I we gotta uh, we gotta honor the law. We have to follow the law. Uh, we have to be aggressive. We have to be smart. Um, I'm not. I don't think you. Uh, no, I'm not taking that. You got to be smart. And by the way, since you can't vote in the election, that's no big deal. But you, what you can do is make your voice heard and get rid of this uh, Joseph Cairo guy and all of his cronies. He wants to be a boss, huh? How about that? Think of a guy who wants to sit around and be a political boss. That's that's his ambition. And he brags about how many uh, lackeys he gets uh, county jobs for. You ever try to get something done at the county level in Nassau County? Good luck. Good luck with that. This is before Blakeman came in. I like that guy. But man, oh, man, oh, man, you had to do. Uh, I got I got a very bad vibe. That somehow I was supposed to uh, make a contribution to the to some fund or something like that. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I said, "Okay, forgive. I'll take my business to Brooklyn." 
I'll, I'll go, I'll go into the city. This kind of stuff, very shady. Very, very, very shady. So we got to play by the rules and you got to get those bums out of there. How do you get those guys out? How do you get Joseph Cairo? Where the hell is he going to find some, <laughs> the phone book? Mozzie Pillip. What kind of name is that anyway? Pillip. P-I-L-I-P. I guess that's not a reason. I mean, she's fine. I like her, but, uh, no business. No business. No chance. Joe in, uh, New Jersey. Everybody's calling in about this race. You're in New Jersey. What? Joe, Joe from Marlboro, New York. Where the hell's that? It's in seven miles between Poughkeepsie and Newburgh in the Hudson Valley. All right. What's right up? The, um, the Mozzie Pillip, um, I think she was the perfect candidate as far as for the diversity, equity, inclusion people. Black from Ethiopia, Jewish woman. Where are the, all those voters now? The problem, the thing it comes down to, Greg, it, it's about abortion. Hey, we don't do diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're not supposed to as conservatives. We don't care what you look like. We don't care about any of that stuff. But too many people uh, play that game, and you're never going to get any quarter from the left anyway. You know, believe me, they, they go running around calling black people white supremacists if they don't agree with them. It's crazy. Uh, you say it was abortion that uh, was the big issue? Well. Well, these people who say it's about immigration, it's about economy. No, the, the, she was the perfect person for the, the diversity, equity, inclusion. But and stop with the diversity, equity, and inclusion. Nobody, nobody really cared. The only people who cared about that was Joe Cairo trying to be cute or something like that. Oh, look at me! Look at like who cares? Talk about being out of touch with the constituents, to out of touch with the people. Nassau County. You tell me that they care about affirmative action and all that nonsense? They don't. I know that place through and through. Nobody knows Nassau County like I really should have run for that damn seat. And the first thing I would have done is get rid of those bosses, those cronies. Get the hell out of here. We're going to do this professionally, and we're going to win. I agree 100%. Thank you, Joe. The more I think about it, the angrier I get. i got to get a couple of people on the phone. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So here's something weird. Uh, Joe Biden leaves the vice presidency. Did you know how long does a vice president, an ex-vice president, get Secret Service protection? A president gets it basically for life, for the rest of his or her life. But a vice president only gets it for, the answer is, six months. Six months. And then uh, they're like everybody else, like a, like a regular schnook, you know, waiting online at the grocery store, all that stuff. And that freaks them out. And they want money so they can hire staff. And they they just want the accoutrements of all the stuff that comes with the big job. This is a very bizarre little tidbit from the middle of the report. Are you ready for this? So Joe moves to a mansion, not in Delaware, when he leaves the vice presidency in 2017, but in Virginia. I've seen pictures of it. It looks like uh, uh, the White House. It's got these big, massive columns in front of it. It's all brick. It's not white, but it's kind of structured. The structure looks similar. Uh, They write this in the report about the documents and the ones that Joe took and put in his house and elsewhere. The Virginia home was frequented by family members, staff, and guests, not all of whom had a security clearance. A Secret Service agent lived intermittently in a basement bedroom 
from about the twenty summer of 2017 until the summer of 2018, though he was not working on Mr. Biden's security detail at the time. Huh? A former naval enlisted aide stayed there from January of 2019 until July of 2019. Family members and guests also visited occasionally. What the hell is a Secret Service agent doing living at the Biden residence, but he's not working for the Bidens? He's not working. He's not providing security. Anybody ever watch that show, House of Cards? Everybody, anybody remember uh, the arrangement that Kevin Spacey had with Robin Wright and uh, the young, good-looking Secret Service guy? Could something along those lines be going on here? Why the hell else would he be there? Very strange. All right, now I got to jump to page uh, 223. By the way, they're always talking about um, juries, what they could convince a jury of. They don't think a jury would believe some of the stuff they know to be true. That's far different. This is not an exoneration. They're like, we know this, but we think a jury might uh, have sympathy for Joe Biden, feel sorry for him, and may not see things uh the way we know they are. So this is not an exoneration. This is not case closed. All right. How about this one? Um, all right. So he's got a manila folder with all kinds of classified stuff in it. Um, and <laughs> all right. Based on the differences between the two folders, some reasonable jurors may conclude that when Mr. Biden told his ghostwriter, he just found all the classified stuff downstairs. He may have been referring only to the Afghanistan folder which reminded him of his Thanksgiving memo. I know this is getting technical, but stay with me. The Afghanistan folder contained roughly a dozen marked classified documents, which could correspond to Mr. Biden's reference to all the classified stuff he found. And if Mr. Biden found the Afghanistan folder, it is possible he did not continue looking through the contents of the separate facts first folder, whose cover had no label or indication that the materials inside related to Afghanistan. None of these possibilities are particularly plausible. There is no reason to think, for example, that after identifying the contents of the Afghanistan folder, Mr. Biden stopped looking through folders that were nearby, including the facts first folder, and that he never returned to those materials. Um, again, but what a jury is willing to believe and that kind of thing, there's a, there's a, there's a discrepancy. But they're not believing Joe Biden and his excuses. That's the important part. And his excuses get pretty, uh, they're pretty out there. Let's see here. There is evidence that Mr. Biden retained the classified notebooks, knowing that he was not allowed to do so. Now, listen to this. He starts talking about, all right, in Mr. Biden's written answers to questions from our office, he called into question whether he knew the information in his notebooks was classified. In those answers, Mr. Biden explained that when he described material in his notebooks to his ghostwriter as classified, he did not actually mean classified. Let me say that again. Mr. Biden explained that when he described material in his notebooks to his ghostwriter as classified, he did not actually mean classified. According to Mr. Biden, I may have used the word classified with my ghostwriter in a generic sense to refer not to the formal classification of national security information, but to sensitive or private topics to ensure that the ghostwriter would not write about them. Mr. Biden qualified this answer by explaining, I do not recall the specific conversations you referenced with my ghostwriter, which took place more than six years ago. This explanation 
that classified does not mean classified is not credible. How about that? At the time that Mr. Biden met with his ghostwriter, Mr. Biden had nearly 50 years of experience dealing with classified information. As a Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, all these committees, he knew it. It is just not plausible that a person of his knowledge and experience uses the term classified as a euphemism for private. Liar. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.